It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, and yes! Touchdown, did he get it? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in on a Monday. Uh, last hour, spent a lot of time talking about the bowl announcement for Utah State. Headed to the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl to take on Memphis in Dallas. And um, are you going? I don't think we got really very many answers to that on our text line, at least. I think the answer is no. Nobody's going, apparently. <laughs> no but the thing is, yet. thing is, when you say the bowl, you got to say it right because, you know, I got the press release. You know, it has like the bowl organizer, whoever the head honcho is. Uh, you know, he has the written quote and it says, I'm so excited to have Utah State and Memphis in the Serve Pro because Serve Pro is in all caps. It's in all caps. So it's very jarring to read. The Serve Pro first responder bowl. <laughs> you, must, you must shout it out. Yes, Utah State will be there December 27th. Um, what is it, a one thirty kickoff our time, 2.30 local. Um, but uh, uh, I think it's an interesting matchup. Both teams are 6-6. Six and six. I think that Memphis, I think it's fair to say they were more competitive in their 6-6 six and six than Utah State was. Um, but um, it'll be interesting to see what this team, Utah State, does in their time to get ready for uh, this game, get guys healthy, uh, allow players to finish finals, allow coaches to do recruiting, and then get back together and focus on on Memphis and get uh, you know, f- what four or five practices in uh, before they uh, get ready for the bowl game, before they head to the bowl game, I should say. Yeah, it'll be, it's, it's good timing. It's a good bowl, good payout. Uh, and an opponent that's tough, but the Utah State can certainly beat. Yes. Um, obviously, their Memphis is definitely favored. Uh, on paper, they look a lot better than Utah State has, but the Aggies have showed the ability to, you know, stand up to supposedly better opponents uh, in Boise State and San Jose State the last, you know, few weeks of the season. So they're certainly capable of beating Memphis, and Memphis being six and six, there's clearly something you can exploit to beat them because six teams have done it. Right. So we'll uh, we'll see how uh, Utah State manages. Yeah, certainly the big thing that stands out to me in looking at, at Memphis and not knowing a ton about them, but um, is that uh, that Utah State defense will have to have a great day to slow them down. The Tigers can move the ball; they can get into the end zone. So uh, it's uh, really going to be a lot on their shoulders to slow them down. And we've seen they can go stretches where they can shut down opponents, but can they do it for a full game? Uh, at least enough to give that offense opportunities to find the end zone. Now we've seen a defense that on paper hasn't really looked good for like two years, but they step up in big games. Last year they stepped up huge against San Diego State. Granted, San Diego State was missing, I guess, all 20 of their tight ends, so (laughs) I guess it doesn't count. Yeah, apparently. Apparently, but they stepped up huge in that game. They stepped up in the Oregon State game and were uh, 
clearly one of the biggest factors in that game because you're playing without your starting quarterback, your superstar basically at that point. Um, so the defense has at times really stepped up huge for this team this year and last. Uh, so if they're able to do that again, then again, Utah State is very capable of winning. There's a huge correlation between their defense playing well and, and them winning, more so than their offense playing well in a lot of cases. True. Uh, so, again, we'll throw the question. We'll still throw the question out there, 435-339-0321. Uh, how do you feel about the opponent and the destination? And then uh, I guess the third question there is, are you planning to go? Are you going to make the trip? How many Aggies will be there in attendance? Or will it mostly be those family and friends of players and coaches who live in the Texas area who will make the drive to Dallas for the day? Uh, a couple of texts that we do have coming through. Uh, 9315 asking, uh, will the San Francisco win be a quad one technically no not right now at least utah state does not have any quad one games um san francisco with the net rankings that were released today uh they came out as quad three as a quad three because that was a neutral site game um and so they are now i'm trying to scroll through my i had too many they're, uh, this morning. They're 106, I believe. Uh, 106, the yes. NET, which is about where they are, I think, now in uh, the Ken Palm. I think there was, they're in the low 100s in Ken Palm. So, yeah, um, I went through, and if you look at my Twitter, I have a, a, a breakdown of what Utah State's full schedule looks like. Broke down into quadrants. You know, which teams would be which quadrant win. Granted, there's... A lot of these are going to change. I think especially the number of quad one wins. Because right now, or quad one games, excuse me. Right now, Utah State has five quad one games on their schedule. Based on this NET ranking. They're all conference games. Conference teams, yeah. There's Boise State, Nevada, and San Diego State. uh, So four road games, one home game. So road games against Boise State, Nevada, San Diego State, and UNLV. And uh, the home game against New Mexico would be a, a quad one game because New Mexico is 27th in the NET. Which is actually interesting, the NET, because not only is Utah State 15th, which is way higher than I expected. Um, San Diego State, who is number one in most rankings that I look at, San Diego State, I think, is fifth in the NET in terms of uh, where they are in the conference. Because Utah State's at 15. Yep. New, Mexico's, New Mexico is 27. Nevada is 43, UNLV is 44, and you get Nevada at four, or San Diego State at 45. I can talk. <laughs> and then you have Boise State not far behind at 57, and then you get a big jump to uh, the rest of the conference. And Wyoming coming out at, uh, didn't think, they're 275. Yeah, they've they really got, struggled. They got murdered by the NET. Um which is tough because they were already they were decently low, you know. So I think they were still in like the top two hundred in Ken Palm. But yeah, NET just does not like them, which is going to make them a dangerous again. I call them a poisonous team in conference play because their NET is probably still going to be terrible. But they get their guys healthy, and they're a team that's going to play like a top fifty NET team. And yet their NET overall is going to be probably still in the two hundreds 
by the time Utah State plays them a second time with potentially Hunter Maldonado and Graham E.K. playing again. It is interesting to note the difference between the net and Ken Palm. Like USU is 15 in the net, 44 in Ken Palm, which isn't – I mean, it, there's some difference there, certainly, but there's some of these schools that it's, it's wildly different. Like New Mexico is 27 in the net, but 83 in Ken Palm. Uh, Boise State, incidentally enough, 57 and 57. Yeah, so there, like I said, there's some consistency. Boise State there, and it said uh, San Francisco pretty consistent in both. But you'd mentioned uh, San Diego State, 45 in the net, but 23 in Ken Palm. And you mentioned Wyoming, too, 275 in the net, but 127 in Ken Palm. That's over 100, that's nearly 150 difference points. Yeah, it's, it is pretty insane. Um, NET, their calculation, I think, well, it, it is a lot more simple than Ken Palm's. And, you know, there's others, has the metrics and some other uh, sites where they do a lot of um, statistical analysis, things like that, more complicated formulas. NET boils down to um, it's a win loss calculation. Um, different factors will maybe give you like more wins or something like that based on home, away, road. Um, there's also a. A um, margin of victory calculation and an offensive and defensive rating calculation. Still fairly simple. Uh, it's kind of similar in some ways to Basketball Reference's simple rating system. And to its credit, simple rating system also had, um, you know, they had Wyoming really low. Um, so there's some similarities there in where it's, it's a fairly simple metric. A lot of basic factors combined together. Um where it's like your winning percentage, your opponent's winning percentage, there's a strength of schedule calculation in there, and again, they take into account road, home, and neutral, and a basic offensive and defense calculation. So it's fairly simple, whereas a guy like Ken Palm, is, he's got his like adjusted offensive efficiency, adjusted defensive efficiency, and different things like yeah, that. So he's your strength of schedule. Yeah, so he's running a bunch of different, he's trying to even out um, a bunch of things, you know, Taking into account a bunch of variables and trying to even out, why has why why you'd call it adjusted offensive efficiency, and there's others who also have their own versions of an adjusted offensive efficiency, and so they're trying to take in a bunch of different factors. Sometimes even luck. I think Ken Palm has a luck calculation yeah, in it. Yeah, he does. And I don't know how you determine what is. Luck. Yeah, there's a there's statistical laws around calculating for luck because there's several different ones, not just NCAA but also NBA uh, advanced measurements that use luck adjusted whatever so ken palm and a bunch of these others can be very complicated whereas the net relative to ken palm is a fairly simple it's a on twitter this is probably not the fairest way to put it but on twitter i said it's a fancy win-loss calculation it's a slight upgrade to the rpi um so it's really going to favor a team like utah state who starts seven and zero even more so than a San Diego State team who I would say are a better team. They've faced better teams. They've played well against those really good teams and are probably better. Utah State's not 30 spots. Yeah, oh, is that 30 spots? 15 to 45? Am I, am I going insane? Am I doing math right? That's 30 spots, It's right? about 30. It was 29, but yeah, it's close. Well, 15 to 45. So that's the difference between U Utah State and San Diego. So... Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. So, thirty. Spots. So thirty spots. I suddenly couldn't remember if I could do math or not. But Utah State's not thirty spots ahead of San Diego State. 
But when you're using a somewhat simple, again, I, sh- I should say relatively simple, win-loss calculation or win-loss metric, that's how you end up with that because San Diego State's like 6-2 and two or 6-3 and three or something like that. Yeah, but only 12 teams in all of men's college basketball remain undefeated, three of them in the Mountain West. So Utah State, UNLV, and New Mexico have not lost a game yet, and clearly their net rankings <laughs> support that and uh, show that you know they, they are favored because of that. New Mexico at 27, UNLV at 44. Um, but um, Utah State doing it in a way that uh, against decent competition, not great competition, and so I saw some early reactions. Oh, Utah State at 15, that's really going to help their resume um, as, uh, as a potential, if they need it, as a potential at-large team in March. The fact that you're 15th in early December really doesn't mean anything. The fact that Utah State has not played a quad one game yet is what the the selection committee will really look at. Yeah, that'll, that'll really hurt Utah State. But again, luckily... With the way the rest of the Mountain West is playing, it's making up for this, you know, potentially poor schedule or non conference schedule. Yeah, that's true. Where they have there is only one game that seems likely to potentially be a quad one win or quad one game, excuse me. And that's Iona, who Utah State is not necessarily guaranteed to play. Uh Utah it's they're a potential opponent in the Hawaii tournament. Utah State will play Seattle and then if Utah State wins that game, they're pretty likely to to play Iona because Iona's playing, I think SMU, and SMU is in like the two hundreds in the in the net. I think they're decently higher in the Ken Palm. I think they're in the mid one hundreds somewhere, if I remember correctly, or where last time I checked, which was like a week and a half ago. But yeah, Iona right now is fifty. Yeah, they're they're right on the dot edge of quad one. Because that would be a neutral site location, and if you're in the top 50, that's a considered a quad one. Yeah. So if Utah State ends up beating Iona, it might knock them out of quad one, but they could jump back into it if they perform well afterward. Yes. So, you know, that's the only non-conference game. And I think maybe Washington State, but I think they're 78 right now in the NET. Whereas they're a little higher, I think, or at least were a little higher yeah, in... Yeah, they are 78. Yeah, they were a little higher in Ken Palm. I can't remember where they're at, but... Because, um, again, the last time I checked some of these teams was like a week ago. So they may have jumped up or down. So aside from that, Utah State's going to have five games in conference that could end up being quad one. I'd expect a couple of those, a couple of them to bounce out. Now, uh, help me remember, is it on your resume, will it go down as where the team was ranked at the moment you played them or at the end of the season? Say they play, well, they've already played uh, a pick Bradley or Oral Roberts. I think Oral Roberts is their their highest rated um, non-conference opponent at this time. They're ranked at 70th in the net. And let's say Oral Roberts ends up playing really well. And they get into the top 30 because that game was in Logan. Uh, so at the time when Utah State played them, that's a quad three game. But uh, no, I guess it would be a quad two game. 
Well, at, at the time, at Utah the time, State played Oral Roberts. They didn't have an NET ranking. Oh, that's true. So it's it's so it's end of season. End of season, they start to go on a run, and they go higher up. So it's well, right now, I guess my point here is that right now it doesn't look like Utah State has any quad one games, but that could change if some of these teams get on a run. They improve their own resumes, and Utah State's able to continue to play well. So. I don't think we should be too dismayed just yet that Utah State doesn't have any quad one games on the resume and only one quad two game. Yeah. Well, again, I wouldn't be that upset because you're going to have at least a couple. Because San Diego State's going to stay in quad one territory, most likely, especially the away game. Like, they're, unless some of these Mountain West teams really fall off, the away iterations of these games should help. Boise State could maybe fall out of, because they're 57. You know, we're not going to have several teams in the top 50 in the NAT in the Mountain West. They're going to start losing some games, and that's going to bump them out. Right now, Utah State's really, or the conference is really benefiting from the fact they have three undefeated teams. So once they start picking up some losses, they'll start to level out to where they'll uh, more likely be. San Diego State will jump back in the top 40. So that'll probably be a quad That'll be a, a quad one game. New Mexico probably will be, and I think UNLV will be as well. Nevada and Boise State, we'll see. But I think we're looking at at least two or three quad one games in conference. That's not superb, but at least they're there. Right. And if you win those games, let's say you let's win two of them. Go two and one in quad one games. That'll be enough um, so long as you end up with a really good record. All right, we got two solid wins. You're gonna have a bunch of potential quad two games, you know. And if some, if you know a bunch of those, you know, again the five, maybe six quad one games. If some of those fall out, well, they're still quad two games, and you're gonna end up with a bunch. They've got what was that like nine quad two games right now, uh, and a, a couple more potential. So you have potentially fifteen quad one, quad two games. That's you know, and if you have a really good record in those games and you end up with a really good record overall, that'll be enough for an at-large bid. So their schedule right now is looking all right. Their non-conference schedule, it's mediocre as heck. They don't have a single um, game on their... Oh, wait, no, Seattle. They have Seattle. That's the only quad one or quad two game that is on their schedule right now. Right, because we don't know if they will end up playing Iona yeah. or not. Iona and Washington State are the only two. Iona could be a quad one more likely quad two. Washington State would be quad two. Um, but those are two potential opponents. So right now, the only non-conference on the schedule at the moment that's better than quad three is Seattle. Uh, more on that to get through. and uh, A lot of your texts coming through. We'll get to those uh, with uh, reactions to what happened over the weekend with Utah State basketball. Uh, picking up a, a really a, a solid win over a decent team. Uh, but it's not so much that it was a really good team that they beat as much as how they got the win. 435-339-0321. If you want to weigh in here on the Full Court Press. It's back. Jarek's Fine Jewelry in Logan is having our annual Pick a Pearl event. If you've attended this in the past, you know how much fun we have. And if you haven't come before, you don't want to miss this exciting event. For only $10, pick your oyster, open it that day, or save it for that stocking stuffer surprise. Mark your calendar Friday and Saturday, December 9th and 10th. Pick a pearl at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Look for the bright green cars. Jarek's Fine Jewelry. 
Make it special. Make it Jarrett's. One of this year's most popular and in-demand Christmas gifts is sure to be the e-bike. Find the best name in e-bikes, the Yamaha Power Assist Bikes at Cash Honda Yamaha in Hyde Park. Yamaha e-bikes have superior technology and pure ride performance. Choose the model and style right for you. Yamaha all-road e-bikes or Yamaha mountain e-bikes, all backed up by Cash Honda Yamaha's full service department. Yamaha Power Assist e-bikes on display and on sale now at Cash Honda Yamaha at the light in Hyde Park. Hi, this is Jeff John, head golf professional at Logan River Golf Course. It's time once again for our annual holiday pass sale. We have all of our season passes as well as punch passes on sale at the lowest prices of the season. Adult and senior season passes, junior passes, adult and senior punch passes on sale. We have all of our merchandise in the shop on sale from 10 to 40% off. Hats, shoes, assorted clubs, men's and ladies wear, gloves, and of course golf balls which make great stocking stuffers. Happy holidays from all of us at the Logan River Golf Course. Play well, play fair. Play fast. This is Ryan at My Mattress. A mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At My Mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into My Mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into My Mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing are what you'll find. Holiday parties and events at the Riverwoods Conference Center offer a festive and fun holiday atmosphere. Paired with catering from the Elements Restaurant, your special occasion can include tasty hors d'oeuvres, delicious entrees, and decadent desserts that always deliver excellence. Now accepting reservations for the 2022 holiday season, the Riverwoods Conference Center and Elements Restaurant can accommodate you whether your event is large or small. Visit theriverwoods.com or call 750-5151. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Valvoline Synthetic and Valvoline Max Life are the engine oil your vehicle loves. Valvoline is in oil changes by Angie's. They carry these and a whole lot more. And they're open seven days a week at 695 North Main in Logan. So Utah State basketball, uh, 15 in the inaugural NCAA net rankings for this season. And that is pretty much the standard the selection committee is going to use as they determine who should and should not be in when considering at-large teams for the NCAA tournament in March. So it's important to show well in the net rankings. And Utah State coming in at number 15 to open it up. Uh, getting to some of your texts, uh, and uh, not just about the rankings, but about how Utah State looked at San Francisco over the weekend. Uh, 4781 texting in. Can we talk about how bad the refing was at the Jazz game the other night? They must literally hate the Jazz. I want to send Tony Brothers a knuckle sandwich and some of Millie's pie. Tony Brothers is still trending on Twitter. Just Granted, that's a suggested trend for me because I'm a Jazz fan and they know that, but still, he's still trending on Twitter. I was at that game, and there were some – they let some real physical play go late in the game. But you know what? The Jazz – did as much as they could to give that game away. I mean, a minute and a half to go, and they 
Don't even attempt a shot because they turned the ball over at midcourt. Uh, there's a foul. They turned the ball over baseline. Um, the ball gets stripped and kicked out of bounds. <laughs> I mean, a minute and a half to go in a game that's within a point or two and you don't even get a shot off. That's that's not refing. That's just poor, ex- poor execution. Yeah, I, it's very rare. And I, I, I said this before how I tend to side with referees. There was one play that ended up on Twitter. It was where Jordan Clarkson got uh, well, hit in a couple different ways. And my view of that play was I don't know the rules because there's a couple of ways where I could see it not being a foul. But... I'm pretty sure it was a foul anyway, because I don't think the things where I was thinking might have been exceptions to the rule, I don't think they are. And so there was contact. He got hit on his way down. He got basically hip checked by a guy who definitely jumped into him. Yes. So, and I don't think there's my thoughts. Is there an exception to that? Because the ball got blocked away. Uh, The guy cleanly got the, the hit on the arm. He got the ball, then kind of got his arm a little bit in a way that would be a foul if he didn't get the ball. But again, I don't know if that's been changed where it's still a foul if you hack the guy's arm but get the ball first. So I don't know if that's still a rule. I'm not updated on what because these kind of things can change. So those are the two things where if the getting the ball first makes it not a foul and if getting the ball first means that the guy can hip check him, then I guess it's not a foul. But unless those two things exist and are the case, somebody done blew a call, a call very badly. In that yes. case, and in a pretty obvious way. Yeah, there, there were some bad cal- uh, calls uh, and no calls. There was some flopping that was going on, too, but there were some bad calls. And, yeah, if those go Utah's way, that certainly changes momentum in some critical moments. But Utah did what they could to uh, give that game away uh, as well. A couple more texts coming through. 9315. Um, and uh, let's see, I think the USU – Bowl game is just right to help us get better for next year. I thought it was great who we play. If we win, we can make fun of that team down south that didn't fare so well to Memphis. And can the Aggies win all of their non-conference basketball games? Percentage-wise, what are their odds? I'd say 90%. The So Utah State basketball, their games that are left um, on their non-conference schedule. Now, granted, there's some... That there's, we don't know. Yeah, there's two that are to be determined. But Loyola Marymount this upcoming weekend in Las Vegas, they're 105 in the net. Weber State, which is having an awful year, they just lost to Utah Tech. They're at 323 in the net. Yeah, they're they're pretty bad. They're bad. And Seattle is 61. So Seattle's doing pretty well. So if they beat Seattle, you know, they and if Iona wins their opener, I think Yankees would face Iona. They're a 50 in the net. Um, so there's there's some decent teams in that Diamond Head Classic. Um, so can Utah State go into conference play undefeated? Uh, based on the way they're playing, and certainly after what they looked uh, on Sunday, I'd give them strong marks. But that's still, that's, that's a tough, tough ask to go yeah. through that many teams, especially in a tournament situation um, against some decent teams there for Utah State to go totally undefeated. So I don't know that they will. I'd say that they probably get 
one game that gets gets away from them. But I like them, and they should be favored to win most of the games still left on the non-conference schedule. Yeah, they'll be favored in every single game the rest of the way, provided they don't like lose a couple in a row, and then maybe they'd be not favored against Seattle or Iona, provided they play Iona. Um, so they'll be favored, but I'm kind of with you, Eric, where it's just like you're going to have a bad day. I mean, look at the Utah Tech game. They were not good in that game. They dang near lost to a team that was like 257th in the, at the time in, in Ken Palm. You never know when a bad game is going to hit you, um, and it's just going to happen, and you're going to lose. Uh, it's it's inevitable. And so while the the schedule is still a little light in places, um, they are still going to play some tough opponents. They could very well beat those opponents, but they could drop a game to uh, an easier opponent. They could drop this next game to Loyola. They're still in a bit of a weakened state where they're without their uh, starting point guard, and that's a big deal. You know, the guard rotation is a little bit light, and Stephen Ashworth has a little more pressure on him. And unless Stephen Ashworth is red hot, which he's been, but he's not going to keep shooting 55% from three. Uh, and I think he's still above 50% from three, even after going like one for four. So uh, this team's not going to keep shooting lights out. And if they're not shooting lights out and they face a good opponent, granted, against San Francisco, they they were able to find a different exploit of the defense, as in just scoring points in the paint. They had like 48 points in the paint. They were lighting it up in there. They shot very well inside the arc. Um, but maybe you're just having a bad day overall on offense, and you're having a bad day on defense. It's going to happen. One of these non-conference games, they're just not going to show up, and they're going to lose a game that they should win. Again, they're, they should win every single one of the games the rest of their schedule. But. Yeah, I mean, with the along with the net rankings that come out, they provide a lot of interesting statistical data about how the team is doing and how they compare to their peers, right? And Utah State is a top 15 team in a lot of interesting categories. Uh, Three-point percentage, they're second. Uh, and we talked about that just the other day. Effective field goal percentage, they're third. Three-pointers per game, they're fourth. Scoring offense, they're seventh. Defensive rebounds per game, seventh. Uh, assist to turnover ratio, 14th. And those are all really great things. I mean, 331 teams playing college basketball at this level, and Utah State is you know, ranked really high in a lot of these categories. However, there are a few others that they're, that they're not looking so great in. There's a few that are concerning, like three-point percentage defense. They rank 327th. Offensive rebounds per game, 313th. Actually, that one really surprises me. Uh, scoring defense, they're giving up 73 points per game. Um, so there's a few things from Utah State that they're doing really well, and it's awesome and it's fun. But there are a few other areas where they've got to get that figured out because some team's going to come in where that's really their strength, and it's going to really uh, hurt and overwhelm the Aggies. Yeah, and everything's been working really well on offense. So they've been able to get, you know, skate by those defensive struggles. It is encouraging, though, when you look at those defensive numbers that they've shown the ability to play good defense. So it's nice that they can. And I thought this team would be a lot better defensively than they're showing. You know, that first game against UVU, that's a lot what I expected out of this team. You know, what they did against, you know, uh, San Diego and uh, Utah Tech and. Um, Oral Roberts, that's not what I was expecting. thought they'd be a lot better at perimeter. I thought perimeter defense would be their strength. They're terrible at perimeter defense right now. 
right? I mean, with all their wings and, and the size and the length that they have, uh, I'm with you. I thought perimeter defense would be one of the real strong points of this team, but um, it's an area where they're, they're struggling a yeah. little bit. They're just overpowering their opponents with having elite shooting that other teams just can't keep up with them. But Sunday was a difference. It was a different night where they weren't shooting elite from outside. They struggled when they're outside shooting. There were concerns. What would they do without Rylan Jones? Who would handle the ball handling? And it was a night where uh, their stars, who have been their stars so far, they collectively struggled. Funk uh, struggled, and, uh, and, and Ashworth, relatively speaking, but below their averages. But Utah State had a lot of other guys step up, and that's what makes this team so unique is that it's not reliant on one. It's not reliant on two. It's, it's a collective effort from this team, and it was a great effort by a lot of guys that chipped in. I mean, Atkins, certainly his 19 points off the bench, very impressive. But it was a lot of guys doing their parts to help take care of business and really run away with it. San Francisco tried to make a run at it a few different times, but USU just clamped down on defense finally and took care of business, 82-64. Yeah, really outside of two runs, which Odom really didn't seem concerned about those at all because he knows just as most of us know that runs happen in basketball. Teams get hot for a stretch. But he uh, he liked what he saw out of his defense where, again, outside of basically two runs, they played really, really well. And they were able to contain those runs and respond to them. And they stayed ahead. Forcing 18 turnovers yeah. for San Francisco. They uh, turned the tables on San Francisco. They've got a guy who gets a lot of the uh, Khalil Shabazz averaged like two and a half steals per game, which I think at one point he was like 13th. I think after the game he ranked like 16th or whatever. Depending on when you checked, he was like top 15, at least top 20 in steals per game. And uh, Utah State only turned the ball over like what, eight times? Eight times. So Utah State, uh, they've done that a couple of times where they take the opponent's strength and turn it against them. They did that to Santa Clara. Ran them out of the building. Santa Clara, very fast team, and they just outran them. Uh, really impressed with, um, you know, Shulga had that really strong night um, a couple nights ago with the, the 10 points, 10 assists, uh, but 16 points for him, four assists. Um, and uh, just a, a, he continues to come along and and not always the – hasn't always been a leading point getter, but just solid performance for Utah State. Yeah, he's just a steadying presence. And he's just always there, and he's able to create a little bit off the dribble. He's able to break defenses down a little bit. He's the other ball handler they have beside uh, Ryland Jones and, and uh, Stephen Ashworth, and that was clearly shown because Stephen obviously was the, the primary point guard, but then they were running with Max Schulger where he was taking the ball up a lot. And a lot of times he was initiating offense, going around screens and getting plays started. So it's really nice to have him where I wasn't sure who was going to be. I figured Schulger would like be the guy. I didn't know how well he'd do. But he did really well, and so it's actually a good thing to see this. Okay, they don't just have the one point guard, and that's it. They have another guy who, you know, in the normal run of play, and when you're healthy, isn't going to get those point guard looks, but he can do them. Right for for stretches, he can bring the ball up and initiate the offense. Yeah, so it's nice to have that, and he's good enough to do it. So it's it's a real steady presence in his shooting. You know, we talk about Taylor Funk and Stephen Ashworth absolutely going off from three. 
Shogu's been pretty good this season. He went like 0 for 4 in that game, but before then he was shooting like 45% from three. And last year, on a fairly small sample size, he shot like 45%. So weirdly enough, when he was terrible at threes at the uh, Euro Eurobasket, the FIBA European Championships, whatever they were, where he was terrible from three, here in the United States, he shoots just fine. <laughs> He's doing all right. So there's something in the water here that makes him shoot well. Uh, more on that. A lot more of your texts coming through. We'll get to those. 435-339-0321. If you want to chime in, uh, Utah State basketball, nice win over the weekend at, uh, well, against San Francisco in San Francisco. <laughs> but not at San Francisco. But not at San Francisco. It's a whole 23-minute drive from San Francisco. I'm honestly surprised it was that far away being but that's a big city. I was surprised it was that close to be honest. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be like, you know, closer to an hour. But yeah, twenty three minutes. It's not bad. Uh so more on Utah State basketball and uh your comments as well coming up next on the full court press. Daryl's Appliance is feeling the Christmas spirit and wants to spread some cheer. Join them December 17th to enter to win a KitchenAid stand mixer and other prizes at Daryl's during their in-store event. Get some hot cocoa and a picture with their special guests, Santa and Mrs. Claus. They have Christmas specials all December on GE, Whirlpool, and other appliances. Plus, get 12 months interest-free financing and Daryl's famous service that backs every sale. Only at Daryl's, West on Airport Road. When it comes to home care, it's important to know you have a choice. If you or a loved one is in need of hospice or home health services, remember that Primrose Home Care and Hospice believes in treating the patient as well as the problem. We work directly with you and your doctor to create a health plan that's catered to your needs. Our team is devoted to providing options and the freedom and safety of your own home. Visit us at primrosecare.com or call to schedule a free consultation. Primrose Home Care and Hospice, your local hospice and home health provider since 2006. You're first and goal at the 10-yard line with seconds left on the clock. Your running back is poised for the game-winning touchdown, but before you can make the snap, the opposing team just takes the ball and locks it in a safe, and they won't give you the combination unless you pay them $10,000. That's exactly how ransomware works. And in 2021, two out of every three organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks. Protect your business with Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. This is your Mountain West Basketball Update with Nate Kreckman. Utah State blows out San Francisco at the Chase Center Sunday night behind a game-high 19 points from big man Dan Akin off the bench. Bearstow on the right low block against Roberts. Likes that mismatch. Roberts, though, is able to D him up. Bearstow then leaves it for Akin. Akin, the nasty two-handed dunk. Take that. That's Scott Gerard on 1280 The Zone. Akin, the grad transfer from Cal Baptist, also played for current Utah State head coach Ryan Odom at UMBC, leads five Aggies in double figures in the 82-64 win over the Dons. Utah State is 7-0, one of three undefeated teams remaining in the Mountain West, along with 7-0 New Mexico and 8-0 UNLV. The Rundin' Rebels cruise 95-78 at San Diego Saturday night for their first true road win of the year. Luis Rodriguez connecting on three triples, finishes with a career-high 19 to lead UNLV. Rodriguez, a senior transfer from Ole Miss. Also Saturday, Boise State would never trail in a convincing 86-71 win over Texas A&M in Fort Worth. Dangenhart, high elbow, find Shaver right corner, step back three with five on the shot clock, and big shot, Shaver's at it again with a Mountain America three-pointer. Leonard Berry on the call for Learfield, Marcus Shaver 20 points, fellow senior Max Rice goes off for 25, 
Boise State, 6-2 on the year. It's the fourth win over an SEC opponent in Leon Rice's tenure at Boise State. Fresno State gets win number two Saturday at UC Irvine. The great Randy Rosenblum on the Bulldog Sports Network from Learfield. Bob inside and a slam dunk for Isaiah Moore Campbell with an artistic pass. 22 points, nine rebounds for Isaiah Moore in that win. And number 24, San Diego State destroys Occidental 95-57 Friday at Viejas Arena. And that's your Mountain West basketball update. I'm Nate Crackman. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker, and yes, the return of the Mountain West Network. A uh, little updates for men's basketball that you'll hear a couple times a week on Mondays and Thursdays here on the Full Court Press in the 5 o'clock hour. And uh, the NCAA net rankings love the Aggies. Utah State coming in at number 15 in the inaugural rankings uh, for the first time this season. Getting to your texts, a bunch of them coming through. And by the way, Utah State should mention a nice win on uh, f- uh, was it Friday. It's Oral Roberts, or was that Thursday? Utah Tech. As Utah, Utah Tech, Tech on Thursday, San Francisco on Sunday. And I think, so Utah State didn't appear in the AP ballot or on the AP rankings this week. I think the ballots were due before the end of the San Francisco game. So that's probably a big reason why, especially since the underwhelming, um, you know, underwhelming win over Utah Tech probably didn't help them, especially after they lost the one vote they had uh, the previous, the previous one. week. Um, even though they beat, uh, was that after they beat Santa Clara? I can't remember all the specifics, but um, actually, I think that was after the the San Diego game. But yeah, so Utah State probably not going to appear in the AP poll again until at least maybe next Monday. But again, they're playing a late Sunday game against uh, Loyola Marymount. So that's going to be another one where the ballots are going to be due before that game. So unless they were super impressed by the San Francisco game, it might be a little bit before Utah State appears in the AP poll. But that's assuming they keep winning. Now, uh, UNLV, uh, they received votes. They appeared in the AP poll. Uh, New Mexico also getting a little bit. Um, and in the coaches poll, uh, a couple of Mountain West teams, uh, UNLV with five points – which we'll say that, uh, New Mexico with five, Utah State with four. So Utah yeah. State did receive some votes in the uh, coaches' poll. Yeah, coaches' poll tends to be more friendly towards uh, non-major non conference schools than the AP is. Uh, a couple of your texts coming through, 5338. Nice to see Sean Bearstow break out and have a good game finally. Yeah, I've been averaging, he scored like 19 in the opener. Then average like five points per game the next you know four or five games. Shot like thirty seven percent from the field. Goes six of seven against San Francisco. Twelve points. Had some foul trouble. Didn't play as much and wasn't in the closing lineup, but still had an impact on the game. And and Odom pointed him out specifically, saying you really liked the contribution that that Barstow made. One steal, one assist, one rebound. Yeah. And the fun anecdote was that uh, apparently we didn't learn this till after the game. Um, it was mentioned to a lot of the. 
the media in the post-game interview that there were people from Sean Barristow's old high school in Australia. They were at the game. Yeah, yeah. Happened to be doing some yeah. some tour, and they were in San Francisco of yeah. the night. They they just <laughs> happened to be there, like literally just happened to be there. So they so there are about fifty people from his old high school players and coaches went out. They were there to to cheer him on. You know, so it was nice that he had that performance. You know, you know, in front of uh, uh, some people he knows or at least is, has some connection to. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, eight nine six eight. This Aggie basketball team is. Uh, one of the best teams I've seen the Aggies have, have had. Best thing is they are a team. Yeah, and the main thing that keeps me from thinking they're one of the, the greatest teams we've seen is really the defense. Um, they're the best offensive team that I think has been here for a, the lo- a longest time. Long, long time. They may be the best offensive team in, in team history. Uh, defensively, they aren't up to the same standard that we've actually been very used to here at Utah State. Defense has been a staple of a lot of the great teams. So it's kind of a flip from some previous years. Uh, five three seven four. can you explain the net ranking? How are we 15th when we aren't mentioned in any polls? Yeah, again, it's... Uh, I explained this, but you obviously may not have been listening at that point, but uh, um, I don't need to assume that everyone listens to the entire two-hour no, show. No. But um, the the basic thing is the they do calculations based off of... Obviously, there's a win-loss you know, calculation in there. They do opponent strength, so they have a strength of schedule calculation in there. They also take into account home, road, uh, and neutral site games. And so there's different uh, bonuses. Like road wins are worth more, home losses are worth less. Neutral is like one. So like a road win is like 1.4, I think. Or, or again, the specific numbers may vary, but like get more credit for a road win. Basically, no credit one way or the other for neutral site. Slightly less credit for a home win. Um, then there's calculations on offensive and defensive rating or efficiency, uh, among other things. So, uh, essentially, a, I a quad I have those actually right here. So oh, a yeah. quad, quad one. So I have four quadrants. So we talk about quad yeah. one, whatever. So a quad one win is worth four points. A quad one loss is only uh, one, minus one against you. Now and flip that quad four is only worth one point minus four if you lose that game yeah so yeah there's there's a bunch of these different factors obviously the quadrants being being one factor so is i i put it earlier it's a fancy win-loss calculation it's simpler than ken palm and other um you know statistical measurements that are using statistics that you have to like have a degree in stats to be able to use properly um, but it is obviously more complicated. You know, the NET is more complicated than just simply looking at win loss, and it's better than RPI. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, so I hope that answers your question. So there are the way that it's weighted. So based quads, these different quadrants. Um, there's one through what 331, 363, 363. Okay, uh, college basketball, men's college basketball teams, and so. They the, divide that into four different sections. They're not divided evenly. Sort of. There, there is a cutoff, and I, it's changed a little bit. I was using one that was based off of... Because if you go to the NET page, there's a how is NET calculated. And they have the quadrants divided up there. But the one I was looking at, it only went to like 351. So I just tacked it onto the end. So I don't know if the divisions <laughs> are exactly the same as they were as when that article was written. 
because um, they've obviously added a Division One team since then, but I assume it's mostly the same. Yeah. So if uh, as a home team, if you beat somebody who's in the top thirty, that's considered a quad one. If you go to a neutral site and play somebody, uh, and they're in the top fifty, that's a quad one. And if you go on the road somewhere and that team is in the top 75, that's considered a quad one. So there's a couple different ways that they, they factor in what these, these, these games that you play, what quadrant it falls into. And as of right now, Utah State has not had a game yet that falls into that first quadrant. Yeah, but the fact that Utah State is undefeated is a huge bonus. Yes, that is a major factor. Because you look back at 2019-20, they also started 7-0. and and they were in the top 20, I believe, in NET that year as well because they were undefeated. And they didn't have a super impressive schedule then either. It was a little bit better. And I think they had a couple of Mark humans in there, I think. I'd have to go back and look. But, you know, they played like Mississippi Valley State and Hartford and some pretty bad teams early on there. But they were undefeated, and that, you know, shot them toward the top of the NET. So being undefeated is a huge help. That's why New Mexico, they're 27, they're undefeated. UNLV... Not quite. They're like 43rd, 44th. But still, being undefeated is a huge bonus in the NET. All right, a couple more of your texts uh, have come through. We'll get to those. We've got to take another quick timeout here on the Full Court Press. Stick around. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White Pine Funeral Services, here when you need us most. Happy holidays and thank you for letting Cache Valley Ear, Nose and Throat, the Allergy Clinic and the Hearing Aid Center take care of your family medical needs. Make sure you call now for an appointment before the end of the year to utilize your cafeteria funds. Located in Providence and the new Three Peaks Medical Plaza, North Logan. The entire staff, along with Drs. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette, wish you a safe and wonderful holiday. Go to CashValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products included. Select Med are accepted. We're heading into some crazy weather this winter, which means power outages. Tyler and his team at Golden Spike Electric can install a Generac automatic standby generator for your home so you can avoid issues when the power goes out. If you have one already, Golden Spike Electric can maintain your Generac automatic standby generator for you. Find them online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. Golden Spike Electric and Generac automatic standby generators. Power you can count on. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit jobs.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio. Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Jason Walker, last couple of minutes of the show here with you and getting through our texts. By the way, thank you. I mean, you, it's always fun interacting with the audience, and you guys are always awesome to 
send questions and comments and rebuttals. Makes it fun. Oh, we've got at least one rebuttal in here so far. <laughs> uh, 4781. Getting right to that, actually. Um, Jeff. Jazz gave the game away, but Clarkson got destroyed by a flagrant foul that was never called. And you talked about a little more detail about I, looking at the foul. Yeah. And then he follows, and then uh, 4781 adds, got his arm a little bit? The dude got all arm with little ball. He body slammed Jordan. So I've had it sitting in front of me for the last few minutes here, and I've watched it so probably about 50 times now. And the more I look at it, the less I'm convinced it even was a foul because he 100% got the ball first. The ball about flew past the three-point line, and Jordan Clarkson was shooting a layup. That doesn't happen if he doesn't get the ball. And Clarkson gets turned sideways because he had the ball ripped out, and that's you know a bit of leverage there. And Nurkic jumps into it, and I'm not sure Nurkic actually even made significant contact. So the more I look at this, the less I'm convinced it even was a foul. I know that's going to get me roasted, but again, I'm watching every little aspect of this, trying to find the foul, and he gets the ball. He does get the arm afterward, but not again, not much. Again, I've watched a billion times, and I can't tell you what to see. But like, assuming we're watching the same play, yeah, like this, yeah, I guess assuming this was the same play because it's the one a bunch of people were freaking out about. Um, but yeah, it's just like, and there could have been multiple because obviously you don't get that upset at the refs over just the one call. Yeah, but the one I was looking at, I remember it was like, yeah, he gets the ball. Nurkic does kind of run into him, but again, it wasn't really – it looks bad. That's the problem is it looks bad. Yeah, because Clarkson hit the deck multiple times yeah, so in it's like fourth quarter. The fouls that look bad, the fans get mad at. But when you break them down and look at them really closely, they aren't nearly as bad as you think they're. Because you have to look at, all right, literally what did the defense do wrong? They didn't really do much wrong. There was just contact. Uh, 9315 texting in, what was the attendance at last night's game? Did it look like – a lot for almost being a home game for San Francisco? I I didn't check. Um, you know, I don't know that they uh, – let me see if they announced the, the attendance because one thing I saw earlier did not give an attendance figure. I don't really know the places to go for attendance very often. I have like one place, and this may not give the uh, attendance Let's see. We'll keep looking to see if we can find it. Meanwhile, uh, 5 2 4 2. So UNC isn't ranked, but USU is. Uh, Utah State is not ranked. Um, He's asking why North Carolina. Wait. North Carolina. Does he mean it the other way around? It's also not ranked. But uh, I don't even know if the Tar Heels are. They fell out of the top 25. Uh, but yeah, Utah State getting some votes in the uh, coaches, but not uh, not in the AP. Assuming that's a basketball text there. Yeah, because UNC's, UNC's been doing a free fall. Yeah, and Utah State is not ranked. They're 15 in the net, so that's different from the voters who have their opinions on who should be in yeah. what positions. The NET is pure calculation. Yeah, it has no opinions. Other than the numbers. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, nice, you know, interesting weekend for Utah State, getting the bowl announcement on Sunday early in the day, and then the nice win at San Francisco on a night where they struggled from outside but found other ways to win and uh, finally clamped down on defense. Is that, um, you know, is that a sign of things to come for this team? they got uh, a lot of time to work in the gym to get ready for the next opponent, which will be Loyola Marymount, which will be played in Las Vegas 
uh, this upcoming weekend. Yeah, if you drink coffee, get it ready because that's going to be a late one. <laughs> uh, that'll do it for us tonight here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for all the texts. Thanks for participating. Podcast available on 1069thefan.com.